All right, buddy, we are live. Welcome in. Latest episode of that SEC podcast brought to you by Twisted T and my bookie. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who's been waiting for about 15 minutes. <laughs> what's up, yo, Dizzy Hover? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, sorry to keep uh, everybody waiting. Can't blame this one on Cousin Shane mm. or Cracker Barrel or nope. any of that stuff. <laughs> this, this one's on me. That's all right, Mike. You know, you're busy. I get that. It, it was He was here. He was just having a few technical issues like always. So, uh, but hey, brother, it's been a, it's been a kind of a, kind of a quiet week, but a kind of a wild one, Mike. I can't, I can't stay offline, brother. I, let me ask you before we get into this. Mm-hmm. The transfer portal, we knew this was going to be a huge part of college football moving forward. But, you know, growing up, I looked forward to that to that recruiting class coming in. You know what I'm saying? Them coming down and putting right. the stuff in, you know, hey, we just got this commitment and so on and so forth. And then all of a sudden we got online, we were able to start seeing it as it was being faxed in. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, that was such a cool time. But, but it's kind of lost its luster now that the transfer portal, it's like, like this is the biggest busiest time. Like this one's the one that matters almost more than a recruiting class. Sometimes, you know, do you have that same feel or, or am yeah. I just, just excited? Cause it's this week. <laughs> <laughs> I think a little bit of both, but you know, we have already seen it, Shane, where if your team needs, uh, you know, maybe you just need a quarterback and all yeah. of a sudden you land that quarterback, your season outlook looks different. Uh, we we have seen so many impact. I, I think the thing that that gets us so excited, Shane, is uh, uh, I'm trying to think of a really good example. Like Jermaine Burton, we yeah. knew who he was at Georgia. Yeah, him going to Alabama. Oh my goodness, what <laughs> is he thinking? You know, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. It's just it's just a known quantity. Whereas yeah. even a guy like Nico, who Tennessee fans they're so excited every every glimpse they get, every four games of him playing two series. But you don't really know in the back. Yeah. You think you know, but yeah. you've not seen him in a in a big time college football game dominate or anything. Does that make sense? No, it makes perfect. It's like your seven day trial ran up, you know, and you're like, hey, <laughs> I enjoyed it for seven days. I think I'm going to continue this service. You know, you kind of get that with the transfer portal. You know, the other one, it's kind of like buying a scratch off. You you hope <laughs> that it wins, but the odds are not in your favor. <laughs> right. And, uh, hey, we got uh, – not only we got a great show lined up for you, Shane, but uh, I reached out to our good buddy, Anwar Richardson from Orange Bloods. Great conversation. If you're listening to this uh, Thursday when this podcast comes out, the audio version, it'll just be at the end of it. If you're a video user, you'll, you'll see it later this evening. It's going to be posted on the YouTube. But Anwar's been on the show a bunch of times, Shane. This is by far the best interview that he's ever done for this show. And with Texas in the playoff, Texas coming to the SEC, you better believe he was talking trash to them Aggies. So uh, stay tuned for that. It, it, it's a great one. Oh, I love it, man. I love it. It's also, you know, last time I remember him before Alabama, and it was like, yeah. you know, we hope we have a good shot here, you know. But now it's like beating your chest. You're one of the top four teams. So I love it. Uh, so, again, so you're going to drop that. You're uploading the video now. Yes, so sir. it'll be on YouTube today. Uh, audio, you guys can enjoy it, part of this, uh, part of this show. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad you kind of jogged my memory there, Shane, because, Omar, you're right, you're right. I, I think one of the big questions was, 
Do they believe they can win? Yeah. And now he's sitting here saying, we whoop their ass in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> There's no doubt they can win in the national championship. I mean, they're not even considering Washington. You know, they're, they're looking beyond them, just like Alabama's looking beyond Michigan, as they should. I can't wait for this all-SEC national championship. You know what? I cannot wait. I love I love watching, hot, like, hype reels from other teams, like Michigan. I saw one the other day, and I was like, oh, my God. Trust me, Alabama is not worried about you boys. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, but got to let them have their moment for now, brother. Yeah. Well, before we get into it, Shane, I had to play this clip because it went viral. And mm, I, I, this for the first time in a long time, Shane, I felt bad for old Billy Napier. Oh. Billy Napier on the recruiting trail. Let's kick it over to uh, this moment. Not only does this kid have the guts to, to make this video, he posted it on social media, and it's since gone viral. A smile if LSU dropped 50 on you. Look at you, Damn. Oh. God, kids these days, they don't care, do they? You know? No. TikTok famous. There he goes viral. <laughs> I love it. Hey, I, I, I thought Billy handled that well, you yep. know. Steve Spurrier probably would have punched the shit out of him. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's the takeaway, too, is Billy handled that with class. Yeah. And, he, uh, he, he did a little head bop for them audio <laughs> listeners. You know, I think in, uh, he's, he went home and punched the wall, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. But I'm sure uh, also the, the one that came off the worst was that kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, that 90% of the interactions I've seen is like, oh, that, that kid. That, I hate that kid now. You know, you, know what? Who, you know the most interesting retweeter of this video was? Hmm. Lane Kiffin. <laughs> <laughs> and later that day, he was down there recruiting, you know? <laughs> yeah. All right, Shane. So, obviously, Transfer Portal, that's a big topic of conversation. Mm-hmm. And let's go with one that is that is actually legitimate for real here. Kentucky, they landed Brock Vandegrift, former five-star. I think he was like number two or three dual-threat quarterback in the country mm-hmm. from Georgia. Played at Georgia, but never quite earned that starting role. And now he's off to Kentucky, Shane, to try to be Will Levis 2.0. Yeah. How about this, Shane? If Brock Vandegrift is a starting quarterback, which, I mean, you had a guy like this, that's that's the assumption. If he's not the starting quarterback, something's gone wrong. So right. let's just assume he's Kentucky's starter next year. They have had a transfer quarterback starter mm-hmm. every single season since 2016. Yeah, <laughs> they don't. I, I don't know what's up with that. They must hate high school quarterbacks in Kentucky. I don't know. But what's your thoughts on Brock Vandegrift going to Kentucky? Oh, I think this is a win-win, man. You know what I'm saying? I think I think it was important that Brock stayed in the SEC. He's got he's got the offensive line. He's got some talent around him. You know, so he's going to hit the ground running. And and you know, one thing you always wonder: like, did Georgia start the right guy? And I'm not saying anything about Beck or, or, you know what I'm saying? But sometimes you're, you're better in practice than you are in games. And, and Brock never felt like he got that opportunity. So I, I just kind of wonder how far along he is in this process. Uh, but as far as Kentucky, you're creating a system. You know what I'm saying? I love this. Yeah. I, it, something we led the show off with, you kind of have a little film on this kid. You know how talented you know, and gifted he can be. Uh, I think Kentucky fans should be on cloud nine. But also, you're setting the pre- – so every single transfer portal window that opens up, they're saying, hey – Kentucky's always looking for a quarterback. Just come up here and play. We can put you in the league. Shane, I had not even thought of 
what if they started the wrong guy because they lost it to Bama? But here yeah. you go, the Tennessee Hober <laughs> trying to restart the Justin Fields, Jake Fromm conversation. Absolutely. When Brock Vandegrift leads Kentucky to the college football playoff next season, you're going to be saying, <laughs> I do it. I do. they should have played Brock. Can you clip that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> now, how about this? I said I wanted to start start with Brock Vandegrift. And mm-hmm. I don't know, Shane. I mean, to me, I hope it works out. Because, yeah. you know, Kentucky, they need a quarterback. But I don't know, man. I, th- I feel like there was better options out there. Mm. Of course, Kentucky w- would know better than I about their system and, and what they need to fit into it and, and what Brock Vandegrift brings. He's a dual threat, run and pass. Wow. You know, that, and clearly I think that was missing from their offense. Devin Leary, you know, he was pretty hit or miss throwing the ball, but it, I didn't see him running much either. So yeah. that's kind of what they had in Will Levis there when he was healthy, and it was made the offense so dynamic. So I guess I see it, but I don't know, Shane. I, I feel like, again, after all this Texas A&M speculation, yeah. if Mark Stoops and company, if they have another disappointing season, I'm not saying they're going to fire him, but it's almost like your hopes are, are now on this quarterback that has never played a meaningful snap in college football. Any any concern uh, in your mind that because uh, there there were other quarterbacks out there to be had, Shane, that have that have played a ton of football. Any concern that they went for the guy with with maybe a, a lot more upside, but a lot more uncertainty. Well, I mean, you just you just had somebody that had a lot of film study, you know what I'm saying? And, and so I think a lottery ticket's not a bad deal here, you know, picking somebody that kind of gives you best of both worlds. I think the mobility is the key, Mike, because there's been a lot of drives killed because the quarterback had no, no mobility. You know what I'm saying? So I think, I think that's big for Kentucky, uh, adds a little bit of excitement. Obviously, you know, he doesn't have the experience you'd probably want if you're, you know, you're basing this on Mark's final season, which I don't think it will be. But why not? Why not take a little a chance here on somebody maybe hitting gold? So I'll, I'd love it. I think it's a perfect fit. You know, you've never been big on redhead, so I think that's why you're so biased <laughs> to this one. But I think he's going to fit up, fit well there, Kentucky brother. Right. And remember, Mark Stoops said, hey, we need more money for NIL. There was reports that uh, Mississippi State, South Carolina were both interested in Brock Vandegrift, mm-hmm. and I'm sure Georgia was interested in keeping him. I, yeah. you know, I'm not saying they they outbid Kentucky or anything like that, but yeah, I again, all these decisions I feel like are somewhat NIL related. So credit to Mark Stoops saying, "Hey, we need NIL." I, I would imagine they got it to, to yeah. land Brock Vandegrift so quickly. They they're one of the I think they're the first one to land a, a quarterback out of the portal in the SEC at least. Mike, and it makes it a little easier to recruit the transfer portal and and just recruits in general when you've got a starting quarterback. You know, I think that's that was also a big concern and maybe why they were so aggressive in, in getting him right out of the gate. You know, it's like you don't have that wild card anymore. We're we're settled. We're going to build around him, and you'd be a perfect fit. You know, right. And speaking again, I started with Brock Vandegrift because that's concrete news, Shane. Yeah. And, we love the rumors and speculation <laughs> and all this, but uh, did you see this from Mike Griffith, Dog Nation? I'm already seeing a ton of blowbacks. People, everybody's saying, well, this ain't real, yada, yada, yada. And I don't, I have no clue, Shane. But Mike Griffith is saying that apparently Carson Beck is, is asking or, or seeking, I can't remember the correct verbiage, but $4 million 
is is it the ballpark that, that's exact that's mike griffith saying it not me um and i've heard uh hudson mason espn analyst former georgia quarterback he heard one million so <laughs> but let's just go with four for for for, for uh, this sake is carson beck worth it to you if he leads georgia to a national championship mm. next season Hmm. <laughs> yeah i mean I don't know, brother. I, I think there's a lot of people torn on that, but I mean, there was there were speculations that that he may not even be the starting quarterback if he did come back. So I I don't know. It's just I I for me to sit here in East Tennessee and tell you exactly what Kirby Smart's thinking. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I can't I can't do it. But I do know that Beck got them there. He got them to the dance. They fell a little bit short, and I don't think it was all on Beck's shoulders. So if I'm if I'm a Georgia fan or if I'm Kirby Smart, I think you're going to find a way to pay the guy because, again, you know what you have with Beck. You don't know what you have with someone else. Right. And l- let me just interrupt here with Joe Barker. Shane gave us $20. Appreciate you, Joe. Put this towards Arch Manning coming to Auburn. War Dave <laughs> Eagle, he says. So, hey, I'd give it to Arch. I, I want to see Arch play next season. I don't want to see him on the bench in Texas. But That's right. Is he Now, did he enter? Did he enter the portal? Uh, no, but he's, oh, okay. he's saying he's staying at Texas. I, I believe that's the latest, but okay. who knows? Maybe he's hoping that Quinn Ewers will go pro. Uh, I heard Ewers is coming back, so I right, don't know. Right, right, right. Well, hey, that's a good tease for this Anwar Richardson because he's got a little <laughs> update here. But, uh, yeah, honestly, Shane, I don't care what the dollar figure is. Yeah. If someone's willing to pay Carson Beck that, then he's worth every penny. And yeah. if, particularly if he wins – the SEC, if he wins a national championship, he's worth his weight in gold. Because mm-hmm. I get it, Georgia fans probably a little spoiled after winning back-to-back national championships, but they are tough to come by, and it's only going to get tougher in the expanded SEC and expanded playoff where you got more tough games at the end of the season. So whatever whatever he's seeking, I say give it to him because uh, yeah. you're going to need him next year, I, I really do think. I, I think so too, Mike. And and like I said, it's the uncertainty. You may roll the dice with someone else, but if it doesn't pan out, then eggs on your face. So I, I think Georgia has was there. They fell three points shy, you know, and they're in Atlanta. And if this were next year, they'd be in that college football playoff race, you know. So right. I, I'm, I'm not saying that we should just change everything, but again, we also know the limits that Carson Beck is going to bring to Georgia. And so maybe we can find things to cater around, you know, that aspect of the game. But, hey, Mike, I, a lot of these guys, that's that's why they flirt with this portal, just to see what they're worth, just to kind of get some NIL money. You see a lot of these guys never leave, you know, just, you know, talk about getting into the portal. Right. I, and I don't – I apologize to Jackson. I'm not sure. I'm not up to date on any Coach O to Florida rumors, but – Maybe he's talking defensive line or something like that. If anybody knows, comment. Maybe we're getting live news here. But uh, I already he's going to Tulane, you know. <laughs> <laughs> How about this, Shade? Speaking of Georgia, th- this was fascinating. I know in about a week from today, yeah. the SEC is going to announce the official 2024 schedules with the dates and everything. Mm-hmm. But Georgia's has leaked, Shane. I, I saw this uh, UGA Sports, the Georgia rival site. So I'm going to throw it up here. I'm going to run down this schedule if you're if you're just listening tomorrow, but uh, the opener for Georgia, Clemson in Atlanta. They they signed like a, a four or five. I think it's a five game series with Clemson coming up. So they got Clemson, 
Tennessee Tech. Oh, this has sounded familiar for the dogs. <laughs> but then it gets it gets real quickly, Shane. Third week of the season at Kentucky, a bye week, then at Alabama. Mm. Auburn comes to town. How about that, Shane? Alabama and Auburn back to back. Mississippi State comes to Athens. And then here's a big one, Shane, at Texas for them dogs. A bye week, get Florida and Jacksonville, at Ole Miss, Tennessee, UMass at home, and Georgia Tech at home. How about that 2024 schedule <laughs> for them dogs? Oh, they ain't played nobody, Mike. You know, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was the that was the argument all off season. Is that Georgia's schedule was weak? But I, I love this, brother, and it's going to be like this for multitude of teams. You know, you're going to see some slates, some three game slates. You're like, man, I don't. You talk about two, like uh, what is that called? That uh, Amen Corner there in golf. You know, it's kind of like some of these games. You're going to have three <laughs> games back to back to back that you're going to say, I just don't know how they get out of this thing alive. So I love this. Yeah. Well, you know what else I love, Shane? Texas A&M has hired an offensive coordinator. And yeah. it's Colin Klein from Kansas State. They've uh, averaged, I think it was uh, something around 38 points per game last season. I, it was something similar. It was like 36 the mm -hmm. year prior. Kansas State has been under a, a current – Renaissance, remember the, those classic games with Mizzou? They they destroyed yeah. Mizzou two years ago, lost to Mizzou. Just it, and hell, Mizzou's one of the best teams in the country. Barely lost to Mizzou. Their offensive coordinator, Colin Klein, now Texas A and M's offensive coordinator. And and how about this, Shane? I don't know if you remember, but the year Johnny Manziel won the Heisman. Yeah, one of the finalists was this Colin Klein. So. They're, they're, this is a throwback to the Jody Manziel area here <laughs> in College Station. But uh, all, all by all accounts, Shane, this is a, a great hire for Texas A&M. We're going to get a young, innovative offensive mind that loves to run the quarterback. Kind of yeah. uh, runs like a spread type. It's run heavy, but they love to throw the ball too. So this is a hire, Shane, where hey, the, these all look good on paper. But yeah. how successful Mike Elko is at Texas A&M is largely going to be reliant on how well he identifies and hires these offensive coordinators. And by all accounts, he hit a grand slam here with getting Colin Klein from Kansas State. Yeah, I think this is a great hire, man. And and I haven't watched a lot of Kansas State games, but, you know, that Missouri game really stood out to me because watching that, I felt like this offense and that quarterback, which has hit the portal as well, you know, I, I felt like, Man, these guys were coaching better on offense. Now, this was early in the season. You know, I felt Mizzou took some major steps forward later in the season. But but I don't know, man. I think this is a great hire. I think this is going to make Texas A&M fun again. Uh, but <laughs> talk about the transfer portal. I saw a lot of them boys hitting it. I saw Walter got in there and a couple of in, in, interior linemen. So, Texas A&M, boy, they, you know, they got their fingers crossed during this little window. <laughs> no, I hear you. Um, and then one other coordinator has – I don't know if this one's quite official yet, but uh, multiple reports, Shane, Mississippi State has hired their defensive coordinator. He's Alabama's special teams coordinator and outside linebackers coach Coleman Hutzler, and he's he's been in the SEC a long time. Mm -hmm. he, he was a special teams coordinator under Will Muschamp. I think he was at um, – I'm trying to rack my – I think it was Ole Miss before that as special teams coordinator – but the thing here, which is a little concerning to me, he's never called defensive plays. Yeah. 
Yeah. And now we got Jeff Levy, who he may be a grand slam as a head coach, but even he is relatively uh, young at calling plays on the offensive side of the ball because he's worked under Josh Heupel and yeah. Lane Kiffin, two, two guys that like to call their own plays. So we got a first-time head coach who's never been a head coach. He just hired a defensive coordinator, has never been a defensive coordinator. Again, I'm not saying these are bad hires, but these are these are risky hires, I would say, for Mississippi State. What, what's your thoughts on Mississippi State going with the, the young route with uh, with, with guys that, that got a lot to prove? No, I'm, I'm kind of with you there, Mike. Uh, I think the upside will be the recruiting side. You know, they're going to be a little bit more aggressive there. And, you know, I think that's kind of the reason they brought them in. But, yeah, uh, is it a risk? I'm, absolutely. And to say it's not is a lie, Mike. But, again, in that Levy system – you know, that defense is going to play second fiddle. They're going to be on the field a lot. So, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if there is a great hire right out of the gate here, but uh, for what, everything I've heard, like I said, he, he's a hell of a recruiter. Um, and, and I think that's important for Mississippi, you know, just kind of protect that border and, uh, uh, and, and, and you know, work from within. Right. Mississippi now, State, I'm sorry. I shouldn't say. <laughs> one thing, Shane, I know you've been dying to talk about. Yeah. Speculation here again. Oh, I thought you were saying dessert, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that too. But uh, Tennessee may be getting some here via some juice, Shane. Juice <laughs> Wells, outstanding. Yeah. I thought he was the best receiver in the SEC heading into the season. Unfortunately, got hurt. We did see him make an impact uh, against Georgia in, in limited action. But Juice Wells reportedly set to mm -hmm. visit Tennessee. Texas also now Texas SEC now so Juice Wells visiting Tennessee, mm -hmm. mm. I, and I heard the joke Shane. We got to ask him if he stole the signals while he's <laughs> visiting campus. But uh, what would be your reaction, Shane, if if Juice Wells goes from South Carolina and joins them Tennessee Vols? Huge, absolutely huge, and and I, I think it's it's very important that I mean we, you saw. Tennessee was riddled with the injuries last year, and that was mainly in that wide receiver room. But there was no one guy that just stood out. You know, Squirrel was the, I guess, the most, I guess you would say, uh, the most consistent one. But they need some dudes. They need some alpha dogs in there. And that's exactly what Juice Wells is. If he could stay healthy, you know, I, I think this would be an absolute home run for Tennessee Vols. Right. And it just adds to this uh, budding South Carolina Tennessee rivalry, which unfortunately, it's not going to be played next season. So, yeah. Juice maybe, Wells don't have to worry factor, about that. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They won't have to worry about uh, any bad blood there mm -hmm. uh, unless they meet in the SEC championship game or something like that. You know what? No, I, I, I totally would that be something. <laughs> yeah. What, that definitely is not an early ticket, you know, people are calling <laughs> for. But uh, that would be, that. I, I think that would be a, a, a good move too for Juice. You know, obviously, South Carolina fans would love him just to stay, and maybe he does. I don't know, but I'm I'm hearing that it's down between Texas and Tennessee, and uh, Tennessee moved up this list quick. I don't know if you saw it. He he sent out some message. I, I don't know if there was something floating around about him and Cade or something like that. Uh, that's a center for Tennessee, I would imagine. And uh, it, he quickly said that wasn't me. So <laughs> you know, right. he's shoot, he's shooting down those negative rumors, that negative recruiting floating around. But I'd love <laughs> to have Juice come to Knoxville. Trey says, not sure we need to worry about that game next year in the SEC championship game. How, how about or, you Imagine the NIL deal with orange juice. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> it's, it's set up perfectly here. 
Yeah, that's a lot better than like barbecue juice that you get yeah. down in Austin or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you know? that, that don't sound fun. Uh, but how about Carl? He's a Tennessee fan. Shane, he says, Vols don't need juice. No. I, dis- I disagree. I, I think Tennessee, I think that would be my number one priority in the yeah. transfer portal is adding explosive playmakers on the outside because that was Say what you want about Joe Milton. They were lacking that. We we yep. saw it a little bit from from Dante Thornton. Yeah, you know, he he started to come on. Then he got hurt. But I mean, even if Brew McCoy comes back, which he could, mm-hmm. he's he's a great receiver. But he's not. You know, they need that Jalen Hyatt explosive type, and that's yeah. exactly what Juice Wells is in my mind. Totally stretch the field. I mean, and, and that that helps these other guys. You know, that's one of the problem with squirrels. Everybody was up on the line of scrimmage when he got the pass. You know, so right. I, I I think this would be a this would be a good fit. And, and and right now there's not too much depth. There's no such thing. You know, have have some more guys, more able bodies out there that can hit. So yeah, I still love. I'd love to to have him. And what about the tight end? Now does he? Uh, Jolly, is that his name, Eric? Have yeah, you from, from- uh, UConn. Tennessee fans are, are over the moon on this guy, too, because he played. Tennessee killed UConn, but he was yeah. like kind of the star of the show. I think he had something like eight catches for yeah. 89 90 yards. yards. Yeah, yeah. so, I mean, they, they need help at tight end. I, I would certainly think that uh, if they can land him, that's going to be a big coup, uh, coup because I, I think there's going to be multiple teams trying to get him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, how about Rocket Sanders? Bobby is asking us about he is apparently visiting South Carolina. That would be, I think, a big pickup for the South Carolina Gamecocks if they can get yeah. Rocket Sanders, team him up with Dow Loggins, the offensive coordinator. Yeah. Whoever their quarterback is next season in South Carolina, it, it, whether it's uh, Lenore Sellers, the, the freshman, or if it's a transfer, you still think they're going to – You'd have to think they're going to have to lean on the ground game, which would be ideal for Rocket Sanders. Do you? Do you? Th- I, I mean, obviously, South Carolina's got a couple big hitters they're after, uh, but you, you saw Mario Anderson went into the portal, so it makes you wonder how close they are to to landing one of these kids. Yeah. I, um, again, I don't know, but if you're, I know they're getting him for in for a visit, apparently. So yeah. that's the first step to getting it, and and then it, I think. You know, what this really comes down to for all these guys, Shane, is NIL. Yeah. How much NIL can you give them? I think that plays a huge role into it, as well as how, uh, who can you help them get to the NFL better? I think that is on everybody's mind, too. Yeah, I think it. I just think it'd be big to keep him and add depth. You know, so many SEC teams are by committee now, and and I just think that's a room that was neglected and uh, and missed in the recruiting process. So you can see how aggressive they are with this transfer portal. But man, South Carolina, uh, that room may get loaded pretty quick. Right. And then how about this one from Eric Shane? He wants your take on. Gary hitting the media transfer portal here now that we don't have to deal with him at CBS anymore. Adios, amigo. (laughs) Enjoy whatever cold tundra they put you in. (laughs) Yeah, I hadn't even thought about that. I mean, it's going to be freezing up there for those Big Ten games. You know what? Can you see him? He's packing up all his Alabama gear, crying, putting them up in boxes. Get out of here, Gary. And then how, there's one other one, Shane. Oh, I, I meant to mention this. So London Humphreys, freshman receiver for Vanderbilt. It, it, apparently yeah. he's uh, eyeing Georgia. And I, I was just kidding around, but not really. If, if you go back and watch Georgia-Vanderbilt game, first series, Vanderbilt scores a touchdown. He scored like a 50, 60-yard yeah. touchdown right out the gate. And I said, this is right when Kirby said, hey, let's go, let's go grab that guy. But 
there was an, an interesting article in the athletic today shane where you know vanderbilt's lost everybody of, of, right. of, of significance right so mm-hmm. they're in shambles and apparently that led them to have some some big donations in nil and they are sitting here spiking the football saying we are ready to compete now in nil we got all these all this booster money coming in well it's a Two weeks too late. I yeah. mean, you, you lost everybody's. But but they're saying they're going to build it up from scratch. What what's your thoughts, Shane, on uh, Vanderbilt starting fresh, buying some players now via the portal? We'll see if it pays off. But uh, I think it's a little too little too yeah. late. That's <laughs> <laughs> Vanderbilt. We've heard this shit before. Now we're taking it serious. We, you know, I remember when they brought in that new athletic director. You know, and and it's like we're going to make football a priority and blah blah blah. You know, it's year after year. The one thing about Coach Lee is he's not coming out here complaining like like some of the other Vanderbilt coaches were, but <laughs> clearly his hands are still tied if you've got all these players hitting the portal, you know? Your best players, the entire team is gone. So, and, and it's not like there's a long list of people begging to get in there. Right. I mean, I'm hearing like six, seven teams want Will Shepard, the other receiver, Auburn, Georgia, LSU, Tennessee, I mean, all these teams, South Carolina, they're all looking at all these guys. So you're telling me that your best players leaving, they're going to remain in the SEC, and, and we're, we're doing great because we just got some donations. Come on, give me give me a break on that. Get out of here. I bet it was from Matt Whistler, you know, that one at the baseball game. <laughs> a little light there, Whistler. <laughs> How about this one from Carl Junkins? Appreciate you, Carl. Ten bucks. He says, orange rocket juice. Right there you Come go. Come on now. NIL sounds perfect to me, doesn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it just, it almost writes its own check, you know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, hey, a little bit of a short one, but uh, not a ton going around the SEC. And again, we're mm-hmm. going to we're gonna have an interview here with Anwar Richardson. Really great stuff. He's on cloud nine. Texas in the playoffs. They're coming yeah. to the SEC. This, this is like <laughs> the best moment of his life over here. Taking a break from the show to let you guys know we're brought to you by MyBookie. Head on over to MyBookie.ag today. Sign up with a sign up for an account over at my bookie with a promo code that S E C T H A T S E C, and they are willing to match your initial deposit up to 50% all the way up to a thousand bucks. So you could have up to 1500 bucks in your account today with mybookie.ag. The only thing that makes college football better is betting on college football. Fade Cousin Shane's picks. Go with my locks of the week. That's about as uh, I'm four for five this year. So that I'm, I, I put that on my bookie. They're willing me to victory week in, week out here on that SEC podcast. Proud to be sponsored by my bookie. Quick and easy withdrawals when you cash out big and you win big by listening to me and fading cousin Shane over at my bookie. Again, that promo code, that SEC. This is the number one way for y'all to help the podcast. This football season, we don't ask for much. We give you all this content for free. The least you could do, throw 50 bucks, 100 bucks on a MyBookie account. Make some money fading our picks over at MyBookie.ag today. Don't forget that promo code, that SEC. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before it's made with real brewed tea and picks a flavorful punch 
5% alcohol, and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering on your favorite SEC team. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love of college football. Keep it twisted. The podcast is also brought to you by GameTime. Head on over to GameTime.co and use promo code THATSEC for $20 off your first purchase. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. GameTime is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. GameTime is the place for the last-minute ticket sales. Forget planning months in advance. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Head on over to GameTime.co. Snag tickets without the stress. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code THATSEC for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem THATSEC for 20 bucks off. Download the GameTime app today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Back on the show, Anwar Richardson from Orange Bloods, one of our favorites. And now you're no longer a cousin. You're in a family. You're in a family because Texas is. Do I get to sit at the big table now? (laughs) Do I get to sit at the big table at Thanksgiving? Because we've been at the little people table over at the Big 12. And I'll tell you what, we haven't got a a, a real good portion of food. So now I need to know what the adults discuss over here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what is the better feeling that, that you're getting from the fan base? Is it the playoff run? Or is it life in the SEC? Because both, I mean, I, both you could argue uh, or have got to be just your fans over the moon right now at Orange Bloods. Yeah, I mean, every, you know, the Longhorn Nation is is very excited about what's going on. I I think right now the, the the thing that's got the most excited about is the playoff. You know, more so than anything else. I think the big they understood the order to get to the playoffs. They had to win the Big Twelve championship. And let's be honest, like going into the season. Winning the Big 12 title, that was kind of the hope anyway. So, and then, and it's always the expectation, even though it's never met, uh, but it's always been the expectation. And so, but to be able to be in the playoffs, to no longer be the 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 punching bag for the joke of Texas is back, like we're back, like <laughs> they can at least feel like okay, you can't make fun of them anymore. Like they actually are back, and 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 not only just back and make it in the playoffs, but a team that's got a good chance to win it all. You know that I can make an argument uh, for Texas versus Washington. I can, I mean, it's very easy for me to make an argument for Texas versus Bama because it already happened. I can make it very easy argument for texas versus michigan so you know when i look at it and and the texas fans look at it they look at it saying like they are very close and by the way two potential home games because texas being in new orleans that's the south that's going to be in their backyard if they're able to make it to houston well hello (laughs) that's a home game for them that's in their backyard as well so i think there's just a lot of excitement of what could be um, the kind of going from the uh, shaky parts of certain portions of the season to how they've looked over the past two games, which has been very dominant uh, to a team that, you know, once they get healthy uh, and they play a Michigan team, a Washington team that they beat last year in the Alamo Bowl. So it'll be a, a, a repeat for them, you know, thinking to themselves, they beat Washington last year. They're playing really well this year. They beat Bama already. Like Texas fans are feeling pretty good right now. 
Yeah, and speaking of uh, ending the season in in Houston, that was the goal in College Station. And how about it? All they they finished the season in Houston too. Did you do you realize that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> things didn't go the way that they expected. You know, they, things didn't go the way they expected at A and M. There was a whole lot of uh, hype, a lot of a lot of substance as relates to to Jimbo Fisher, and that thing did it not taking off. And I mean, there there is for the petty portion of a Texas fan. This has been great, right? So they've had they've had AM who's been talking about, you know, the SEC and all the Texas isn't this and this and that to basically explode and implode at that point. They not only does Texas get to go to the Big 12 championship game, but Oklahoma gets to sit at home and they don't have to, they don't get to partake in that kind of thing. And then oh, by the way, on the way out. Texas fans got to uh, mock Brett Yormark, the Big 12 uh, commissioner, by chaining SEC, SEC <laughs> in order or the way. Like, there's just, you know, to, you know, my, you know, my mom always said, make your words sweet just in case you have to eat them. And there's a lot of people who are trying to find some things with their words. Like, they put some hot sauce on their words, <laughs> they try to put some vinegar on their words, maybe a little bit of sugar on their words. Something as they try to eat these words that they have been spitting out all year long or prior to the season. That's from a Texas standpoint, feeling pretty good. But yeah, when they look at the pe- folks at College Station, uh, they don't feel any pity. There's no sorrow at that point. Uh, there is a little bit of a laugh as they continue uh, to ride over Matthew McConaughey to New Orleans. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you think uh, that Texas needs to win at least one playoff game to to be viewed as as back as as they like to say, or as as nationally elite, or do you feel like they've earned that by by winning the Big 12, coming to the SEC, and just uh, beating the brakes off Alabama in Tuscaloosa and making the playoff. Do you, do you, feel, like, do you feel like they're already there? You know, I, I've, I, I would say it. You know, I, I think, you know, Texas is, is playing, I would say playing with house money at this point. You know, this was a, I think that the line going into the season was maybe what, eight and a half wins or something to that effect. I, I forget what that number looked like. Um, or maybe it was nine and a half. But nonetheless, Texas has exceeded everybody's expectations, you know, to be with sitting where they are only one loss uh, to Oklahoma. I, that says a lot about them in this, in this program. There's been that steady build from the five wins from Steve Harkisian to eight uh, this, the previous year to this season, uh, be able to have that win against Alabama to again, close out with the big 12 championship and get to the playoffs. You know, they're one of four teams at this point. And I, even if they somehow lose a, a, against Washington, I don't look at that thing as, oh my gosh, it's kind of, this would be a disappointment. I'm still going to say this is still in a season that not, not a lot of people expected Texas to be in. Definitely not after the OU loss for sure. And Texas is, is getting back to the point of relevancy. And it's funny, you, you were on my show earlier today. You had asked me, you know, question about like what this kind of means for Texas, you know, and, and I started thinking about it a little bit more after the show. This Texas being relevant, especially in the realm of recruiting, is going to help them. When you think about this, so let's do the math on this one, Mike. We're old, okay? So let's let's start. Let's start with by the preference of saying you and I are old, okay? Because we remember when Nebraska was mm-hmm. relevant, right? Under Tommy Frazier. Like we remember those days. We remember seeing Coach Osborne, right? You and I remember the U. We remember Miami when they were a powerhouse for several years, right? Mm-hmm. And so we remember Texas. And so you remember Colt McCoy and you you remember them getting there to that game against Alabama and you remember Colt getting hurt, right? Well, that was in 2009. That was 14 years ago. 
That means that it, it, simple math, an 18 year old recruit part of the 2024 class was four years old. A seven, a 17 year old recruit was three years old, you know, and you go down the line. Right. And so there's a generation of recruits who haven't seen Texas being relevant. Vince Young, you, we remember that epic game in the Rose Bowl, right? We, we've seen it. We, it's etched in our memory forever. 2005, how amazing that season was. That was 18 years ago. That means today's recruit wasn't born. You know, his that the dad didn't give that smooth line when he saw her at the mall or the bar or the club or the church or anything like that in order to, you know, to get his his future woman, right? So this for Texas being back to relevancy for a generation of people who have never seen Texas be relevant. They've heard about it. They, this is a generation that's seen Georgia be relevant. This is a gen- generation that's seen Alabama be relevant, Clemson are relevant pr- prior to this season. They don't know Texas as being a kind of a powerhouse program the way you and I know it as kind of an older people. So that to me is the win to me is to, is to have a generation right now. That's like, Oh, Texas is good. And they're not talking about the past. That's the good thing about Texas. Uh, and when this whole thing with in the new merger concern, and they don't have the LHN network anymore, the LHN mm-hmm. network, I used to call it is the history channel. Cause it's all about all the things that happened in the past. Like all these, the games of yesteryear, Texas versus Colorado, the SPAC and all this other kind of stuff. It's the history channel and nothing relevant to today's generations that they can grab a hold to. You know, and so this will be that's why I said that's the win for Texas, that the win for Texas is getting relevant. Anything that happens past that for me is a bonus. Yeah, you you did make me feel old with that Vince Young 18 years ago. I didn't realize that, man. So time flies. But uh, yeah, Quinn Ewers could be the next Vince Young, at least in Longhorn fans mind, if he can do what very few thought would be possible and win the national championship. And I think it's, it's right there for the taking on where I, th- I think they're going to beat Washington. I think Alabama's going to beat Michigan. I certainly think that. So let we get to a national championship and it's Alabama and it's Texas. We've seen it once before Texas dominated them. You know, I, th- I think the final score was just 10 points, but really mm-hmm. probably, probably should have been 17 to 20. What's your confidence level that if it is Alabama, Texas, that Texas can can do the unthinkable and beat Alabama twice in one season. Yeah, I mean that it's, it's a good question, and you know the thing is, is that Steve Sarkeesian got the formula when he was there. Steve Sarkeesian understood when he got to Texas, the formula is. We got to get better on the offensive line. We got to be better on the defensive line. We can't win with what we got. We got we got guys who are small, and that's okay for that conference that we're in right now. But it's not going to be okay. Since Sark understood, he and what he said was, they thought, okay, we got to build because we took the job. He didn't know that they're going to go into the SEC at the time, but he said they've got to build so once they get out of the Big Twelve and face an SEC school, that they'll actually be able to compete. It just so happens that during his time and during his tenure, that happens. But they were already within the building process. So when we watched that game with Texas versus Alabama earlier this year, the key to the secret sauce of everything was that Texas was winning on the line of scrimmage, both lines of scrimmage, the offensive line of scrimmage, the defensive line of scrimmage. Texas has got two interior guys, Tavondre Sweat, Byron Murphy. Those guys are, are bona fide. Those guys are, are very good on a defensive on a defensive tackle front. And because they also, also have some guys on the Ethan Burke and Baron Sorrells on the outside, 
they know how to win up front. And then you got an offensive line that no, that is so good and knows how to protect. I mean, there's a reason why uh, Quinn Ewers in that game completed 24 of 38 passes for 349 yards and three touchdowns in Tuscaloosa. As you said, the 34-24 game that 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 happened, and there was videos that you saw that came emerged after that. Uh, you saw Texas players just bullying Alabama players, just throwing them around and tossing them around. And we've never really seen that. Like we've seen Alabama lose. We haven't seen them get bullied, you know? And so my confidence level of it will be, this will be a Texas team that knows that they did it once. will be able to look at the film and say, we contain Milrow, you know, as, as best as anyone else did. We were able to win on both sides of the line of scrimmage. They have skilled position players with Xavier Worthy and Adonai Mitchell. They've got a tight end who's com- considered to be the second best tight end uh, in the country. You know, Brock Bowers, I mean, there's an argument to made that he, Jatavian Sanders is the best tight end in the country just because of Brock Bowers being injured, you know, because Brock Bowers' injury um, is concerned. Texas lost Jonathan Brooks, the starting running back. Back, uh, for you know for the season but they've had a freshman from Orlando Florida CJ Baxter come in and be very effective they've had Jaden Blue um come in and be very effective as well so we know that Sark likes to throw the ball deep we know he likes to attack we know he's going to go for it on fourth downs you know he's going to be very aggressive and he's got a defense that you know oh by the way Mike was the the number one defense in the nation as far as third down percentages are concerned, there no one no one got off the off the field better than Texas this season as relates to third down uh, defense. And so I feel pretty good about Texas's chances. I don't necessarily think that they'll go in and do a ten pointer like the way they did last time, but I feel that the confidence is growing, the belief is growing, and I, you know I think that if Texas has the opportunity to beat Bama. I, I think they'll be able to take advantage of it. Again, not an easy contest by any stretch of the imagination, but it's hard for me to look at a team that beat a team by 10 points in their house and say to myself, well, now you're automatically the underdog. Mm-hmm. What's the latest on uh, Quinn Ewers and his decision to mm-hmm. potentially return next season? Is is that finalized or could this playoff run, you think, dictate that? It, would NIL dictate that? Would mm-hmm. Would want another season with Steve Sarkeesian and his outstanding track record of de- developing quarterbacks? Is is that all in the equation here? Yeah, I think what you said the, the the last portion of it is probably the the bingo portion of it, which is another year of development. You've got to think a guy like Quinn Ewers is 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 hasn't had a chance to really grow and develop as much as he should. This is a guy who skips his senior year of high school, you know, and then, you know, decides to roll early at Ohio state. He's on there for a short period of time. He comes here to Texas. He plays last year. um, And then of course he plays this year, but there's still not a ton of starts that are, that are on his resume. I think that there's a, there's a portion that if he did go to the NFL, he has not shown the ability to stay healthy for an entire season. And I think that becomes important once you want to show NFL teams. Like you, the one thing you can't get wrong in the NFL, and I covered the NFL for years. I covered the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I covered the Detroit Lions. I covered the NFL when I worked at Yahoo. If you want to, if you want to get fired as a GM, go ahead and get your first round quarterback pick wrong. 
Get that thing wrong and you will lose your job. Like you, you want to guarantee, like we all know how we can go lose our jobs, right? We've all thought about how we can go out in a blaze of glory, right? That's how you go out in a blaze of glory, right? Is by that kind of thing. And so um, I think he another year of being healthy because he was hurt last year. Uh, he's been playing through an injury this year. Another year under Sarkeesian where you don't have as much quarterbacks that are you know out there right now because you've got a lot of guys who are going to come out and be in that competition another year in the sec to do it there as well and if he has that same kind of productivity that we think he will be able to now you're talking about maybe the number one overall pick if everything goes well maybe top five pick you know as opposed to right now maybe talking late first second round and you know if you start thinking second round i always give a margin of error of you know now you start thinking about third or fourth you know those those kind of things happen so uh, uh there there is a thought process that's staying would make a lot of sense for him and that if he stays and stays another year on the start, continues to grow, continues to develop, he's going to have an offensive line that's going to be really good, that's going to protect him. Kelvin Banks, uh, the left tackle, left tackle has been starting since his freshman year. That's a future first-round pick. They've got a tons of guys on that line. So the thought process is right now is stay and come back. Now, that being said, Crazy things can happen, you know, like who knows? Because if he goes and looks crazy and does an amazing performance against Washington and does an amazing performance against Alabama, and all of a sudden people are saying like, hey, we really think this makes all the sense in the world. Hey, all bets are off, right? There was a there was a point in time when Cardell Jones was considered to be a first-round pick, and then uh, after the injuries occurred at Ohio State, he decided to come back for another year, but – so any, anything can happen if a team gets hot and go and wins a national title. But um, right now, I think that the thought process it would be if I had to guess, he comes back. Malik Murphy has to consider once he wants to go to an portal or not. Um, and then of course there's Arch Manning in the mix. But the oh, last thing on that one is I think the portal closes on January the second, if I'm correct. And so this becomes a, a problem and a good problem. But you know, th- there's guys who may think like, hey, I want to go in the portal. I may want to jump in, but I'm also competing for a national title right now. Now may not be the time. Like my, I might just need to get my ring and then reevaluate in the spring and in the spring that anything can happen. Yeah, and I think I could be mistaken. They change all this so much, it's kind of hard to keep up. But I believe they've added an amendment to where if your season goes beyond that January 2nd deadline, whenever it is, like it would be January 8th if they made the national championship – I think mm-hmm. I think there's a five day window after your season ends that you can go into the portal. So I, I may have that wrong, but I, I think that's a new thing they just put in. But um, <clears throat> I really wanted to ask you about uh, next year because man, I know we're we're excited about the playoff, but I'm really excited about <laughs> a new era of the SEC with Texas and Oklahoma coming in here. Man. And you know Texas, you won't have to be on eleven o'clock anymore. For these na- these big time nationally tele, I mean, it's gonna be seven, eight o'clock. It's gonna be night games. It's, that's gonna be a thing of glory for your audience. What is but- that? What is that? <laughs> but I'll be honest with you. I mean, I never, I always looked at Texas as uh, you know that team that or the program that just you know they talked a big game, never lived up to it. Mm-hmm. But they they wowed me incredibly two years ago when they hosted Alabama, number one Alabama, and just the scene. 
with with the fans. And even mm-hmm. that, I think, was like an 11 a.m. kickoff. But I, it I was. It was pretty early. <laughs> we're we're done with those. But we, we do a lot of we do a lot of day drinking out here in Austin <laughs> before the games. <laughs> I mean, I was blown away by just just the fans and the atmosphere. Um, I have to imagine it's going to be like at several times next year mm-hmm. when the, when an SEC team comes into uh, Austin. What's your thoughts on that? I mean, it's going to be electric. You know, there's 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 no need to act like oh, it's that's just going to be like no, it's 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 this is uh, I'm I'm are you going to get excited about Georgia coming to your house or Kansas coming into your house, right? <laughs> You're going to get excited, uh, you know, uh, uh, about playing, you know, a, a Kentucky or a Florida, or you're going to get excited about playing Texas Tech. You know, or K State, like there's there's no excitement level like that. And the thing is that, and this is where the the the, the Texas administrators understood. Um, it, and one of the reasons that they scheduled tougher games and tougher opponents, especially after A and M left, was it was hard to get their fan base excited about the games. You know, like, you, you try, you're trying to sell a season ticket package, and you're tra- and th- you're packaging like you got K State this year, you got Kansas this year, you know, you go and we got West Virginia this year, and like everyone's like, eh. But now you know for sure, like okay, they're going to the SEC is happening. There's going to be excitement. By the way, Texas travels well. So they're they're one of these programs that when when Texas is coming to your town, they will take over your town. AKA if you got an Airbnb, you might as well go ahead and jack up the rates because <laughs> Texas fans are going to be needing a place to go. They they travel like Steelers fans, you know. So they come hard, they come prepared. Uh, there will be you know the, the, a lot of private jets at your airports, um, but they'll they'll come. You know they're they're going to come, and there, there there is an excitement you know uh, about it. There's excitement about playing in the SEC. It's excitement about playing in meaningful games, and excitement about playing uh, in a meaningful conference. But I think the biggest excitement comes, Mike is that they're walking into a conference not feeling like they're just a part of a conference. They're walking into a conference that feeling like they can compete in this conference. You know, I think, you know, A&M outside of year one was just a member of the SEC conference. This Texas feels like they'll be built. Everything's been about building towards being able to compete in the SEC week in and week out. So not not just a member. They don't just have to put uh, uh, you know the badge on their chest. They're not like AM, which celebrated everybody else's victories as if it was their own. Like AM hung SEC banners and SEC wins. You know, they acted like when somebody else won, that was their victory. Texas fans didn't want in administrations, they didn't, that's not what they wanted. They wanted to be specifically, hey, we're coming in and we're having success here. Uh, so I think that's part of the excitement level. The Big 12 days are gone. They were able to go out on it with a bang. Uh, again, you know, I'm sure your Mark did not want to have to hand over that trophy uh, to, to to Texas or anything to that effect. It's so funny because you, there's a scene in there where Steve Sarkeesian is trying to quiet the crowd because they're like yelling and they're booing and this and that. And they got quiet for about like five or six seconds and they kind of realized like, Nah, this is our time. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. And then whenever we just started talking, they just started chanting SEC, SEC. So again, not because of the excitement of the SEC. It's just to be petty. Um, but yeah, I think te- te- Texas fans are super excited. And look, and the last thing I'll say on that portion of it is when we do media days, you know, when we when we do that thing or even go to spring meetings or media days, it won't be like, hey, what's it's like? The conversation will be like, hey, 
can you well, what about competing it'll be about the playoffs it'll be about building about the playoffs it'll be about you know Nick Saban and all those kind of things and you know Texas comes in as a you won't come in just as a you know so happy to be here so like they're going to be like hey we're here to actually go win and compete uh and I think that's going to be part of the excitement and I'll be happy that I'll be covering games where I just won't be looking at uh Texas just getting drummed <laughs> in, in this conference <laughs> that would be that'd be kind of discouraging as well yeah i I hear a lot of a&m talk from you is is that the number one game you think on the schedule next year or or is there a different one is that you know i i I realize the oklahoma series is a big rivalry but could a&m surpass it perhaps with texas i mean it's 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 going to be a huge game just because they haven't played in a long time you know, and so and it'll be probably towards the end of the season. And so that Texas should be fighting for some sort of playoff positioning uh, with a 12 team playoff. So I think that'll be a, a huge game. But, I, you know, I think here's the beauty of now being in the SEC. It's going to be a lot of good games. You know, yeah. there's, there's going to be a lot of good games for Texas. Like before, I'll be honest with you, there's, there was one. It was Oklahoma. That's it. That was it. Everything else was just a game. Just just something to do on a Saturday. Nothing to get excited about. It's like, oh, you know, Texas is, is playing West Virginia this weekend. Oh, all right. You know, like 11 o'clock, 11 o'clock it is, right? You know, well, I'll be home by about, you know, 530, 6 o'clock and check out the rest of it. But Georgia's going to be a big game. You know, that's that's going to be huge to, to to face that Georgia team. Of course, OU is big for that rivalry aspect. I know you'll be there uh, in Dallas. And A&M, obviously, that's going to be a big game. But I think all these games, honestly, Mike, are going to be big because they're going to be a first for Texas. You know, Kentucky will be big. You know, I mean, going to Nashville and going to Vanderbilt. You know that's going to be big as well. I think I think something crazy doesn't. I think if I'm correct, doesn't Vanderbilt have a winning record against Texas? Some some yeah. obscure stat like that. So <laughs> um, it's an obscure stat, but it's something to that effect. So I think all those things uh, will be relevant. Of uh, all the all the first the first that are happening, all the going to certain stadiums, uh, the different atmospheres, knowing what certain things are like. So I think the all will be big. I, that's the great. I think the beauty of it. It won't just be well they get to face the A and M again. That'll be a part of it, and that'll be towards the end. Uh, but there'll be a lot, a lot of great games to look forward to. All right, last question for you: What's the best barbecue in Austin? I will, I will never answer that question. I'll answer that off air. Let me tell you, let me tell you, I'm not getting myself in that kind of trouble. I'm not having anybody uh, email me or text me. If there's too many people that people get really sensitive about their barbecue here. You say one person and then I'm going to have 15 other people coming at me like that. That is, that is, that's like, that's like asking you like, what's your favorite kid? Like, I, I'm not going <laughs> to, okay. that's one of those things you in private. I'll tell you, like, <laughs> but you know, in public, I'm just gonna tell you, get here early. I'm telling you, when you make your make your, your you come out here, get here on a Thursday, get here early, go ahead and try the different spots. Uh, there will be no shortage of of e- eating places, drinking places. Uh, we got beautiful lakes. Uh, get go rent a boat, go out on Lake Travis, enjoy yourself, especially if you're here early in the year. So uh, there's a lot of good places. There's a lot of there's a lot of good places, but I'm not gonna play that game <laughs> gave me trouble hey i really appreciate your time Omar. before you go can you tell the yeah. audience how can they follow you how can they find yeah. your work listen uh it's real simple it's Anwar richardson's my first and last name 
Uh, I'm on Twitter. I, uh, if you want to follow me, I'm not one of the, you know, kind of homerish kind of people. So I do play fun. I do like to play devil's advocates. So I do like to mess with people. Uh, but you know, when I have a show and I do it every, um, day on our YouTube channel, uh, OB live, and I do it from eight to 11. I'm a, I'm a reporter who also does a show. I do a lot of things, unfortunately. <laughs> I do everything, but go to sleep apparently. <laughs> uh, but I, you know, I, but I won't be one of these people that you look at and you just, and you, you absolutely want to hate, um, so like Billy, um, who, by the way, who, by the way, is a good friend of mine. I like Billy Lucci. Shout out to Billy Lucci as well. But uh, Anwar Richardson uh, is how you can find me on social media. And then you can also, uh, you know, follow me at my stuff, my work on Orange Bloods Live. And then if you just want to get on my on my show, I take and I let I have an open chat throughout my my show. Uh, it's from 8 to 11 a.m. Central. It's called the old fashioned show. Because the old fashioned is my favorite drink, uh, and it's also a play off of the, um, the just having an old fashioned kind of good time. And I go in many different different directions. So you ever get bored one morning, uh, come on on and, and watch them. We're all family, black, white. I don't care, country, ghetto. We all family. Uh, come on in. Uh, let's sit down. And we'll have a good time. Hey, I didn't realize the old fashioned is your favorite. That's my favorite too. So oh yeah, uh, what kind? What's your what's your favorite bourbon like you like? Uh, I usually go with Buffalo Trace. It mm. is is kind of my go to. I usually do a. Uh, I've done a Bullet Rye. Typically, mm-hmm. is what I like. I like the rye brands. Uh, but have you? There's so many different variations. There's a, a Japanese old fashioned. I don't know if you've ever had that. Uh, no, but- I've I've had a uh, like a Mexican version. Oh, yeah. oh, I've never had the Mexican version, uh, but I've had a Japanese version. I've also have had like a uh, a banana old fashioned as well. Um, smoked old fashioned is clearly, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, if you get that one good. But you know what's crazy, Mike? I'm flabbergasted at how many bartenders struggle to make a good old fashioned. Like, I'm, yeah. If you're an old fashioned guy like me, it's unless you go to like a specialty place. Mm hmm. Just asking the average person to do it, just it's just it's just like I, I once I realize you can't do it, I'm like, hey, just give me like vodka and or <laughs> and, and like orange juice, like just stay just stay within your comfort zone because anything apparently out of that you can't do. Yeah, hey, hey, I really appreciate it. One no more problem. thing, um, will you be coming up for the Vanderbilt game? Oh yeah, I go to every home and away game. Okay, well, I mean, uh, you're you're more than welcome to. Uh, I have a studio. It's right, uh, right next to the stadium. Uh-huh. Um, anytime someone comes through Nashville, I try to get yeah. them to come in there and do like a long form video podcast. And we've had Paul Feinbaum in there, you know, big people like that. We'd love to get you in there. I mean, I, yes, I would love to follow in the steps of a Paul Feinbaum, <laughs> by the way. Wait, by the way, when are you going to hook me up with Paul? When are you going to have me get, get on Paul's show? You know, like, I, you know, it's a Texas thing. You know, you know I have Texas people on. Kurt Bowles doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. He needs to have <laughs> someone who's a little bit more younger and hipper and has a mustache that I've been growing out for the month of uh, Mo- <laughs> Movember. I actually grew it out for Movember uh, for suicide awareness. And, oh, uh, really? And- yeah, so we we were able actually on my show. Uh, that's I know I'm gonna sport a mustache, but do, we do that for the month of November, Men's Health Awareness Month, and you know go out and get your colonoscopies, guys. We don't go to the doctors enough, right? So, uh, but you know, mental health awareness and of course suicide prevention. And I had linked up with a, you know a charity there, um, and so was able to. It was vibrant emotional health, and so we're linking up with them. And of course, nine eight eight, which is a suicide hotline. So for especially around the holiday times, the people. 
you know, if you, or you have thoughts of suicide or you have family members uh, that you feel like, you know, friends that may have it. They actually have trained crisis counselors uh, who can talk to you, whether it's you need your own advice or you need some advice on others. 988 uh, is the place to call. And so through that month of November, uh, was able to raise $5,000 uh, to donate uh, towards them to go towards suicide prevention. So that's why I have this mustache on. Uh, but yeah, just want to make sure I put that out there because it is holiday season. A lot of people are going through some things. And then a lot of people who deal with uh, thoughts of suicide don't have people that they can talk to, don't have people they can right. turn to. Uh, they deal with it internally. They smile on the outside. They hurt on the inside. So if you are one of those people, but you're looking for someone that you wanted to maybe turn to, uh, don't make a permanent decision off a temporary situation. Uh, reach out to 988. Uh, they have people who you can talk to and, and get you to help in the city uh, of your, that you live in uh, so you can go and live a full life and a thriving life as well. Send me a link. I'll, I'll put it in all the show notes and everything so people okay. can check it out. I will. Absolutely. Not a problem, Mike. But I'll, And I look forward to coming to, I look forward to, coming to Nashville. Uh, you got anything else before we hop off the line, buddy? No, no. Again, we're, we're, we're going to stay up on that transfer portal. That's a big topic this week. And uh, yeah. be sure to tune in tomorrow. We'll be on the same time, 7 o'clock. So be sure to jump on YouTube. If you're not subscribed, go ahead and do that and have them notifications ready because if something crazy happens, I won't be here, but Mike will. <laughs> Just kidding. Maybe I'll be here. I don't know. But I will try to get here anytime we have an emergency podcast. Uh, you know, I don't think we're quite out of the out of the woods here with, with some of these cobs, uh, jobs, you know. But, uh, hey, I wanted to ask you real quick before you, before we go. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Alabama Cat, is he going to stick around for the uh, – for the uh, uh, college football playoffs, or is he going to go ahead and get started? Oh, the, the new Mississippi State defensive yeah. coordinator? Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, when you're in the playoff, when you're trying to win a national championship, you're, you're staying, you're kind of doing both roles, which is yeah. difficult, but they, you know, it's a little different if you're trying to win a national championship. And, and there's a similar instance, um, Elijah Robinson, the, the Texas A&M interim head coach yeah. for, for the bowl game, he got hired, Shane, to be the Syracuse defensive coordinator. So I thought that meant he was just going to leave for Syracuse, but he is apparently doing both. Um, you know, he's, he's honoring yeah. his commitment to Texas A&M. You love to see something like that. But um, well, in, uh, in the DB coach there, Georgia, he went on. He went on up to Syracuse, didn't he? I think he did, but I, I, yeah. feel, I feel like that's maybe a little bit different when you're the head coach. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I got you. I got you. But Jackson says, hey, Mike and Shane, don't enter the portal. Big Ten podcast <laughs> would be terrible. We agree with that. That'll never Absolutely. happen. I'm only going where Gary's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, buddy, I appreciate you. I appreciate each and every one of you for showing up, especially those on the live show. But we'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you, guys. No balls. Hey, buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and Cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the Pirate, and the Pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State.